This week on The Native Immigrants, it's our third annual Pride special and we'll be talking to the You Don't Love Me boys in the second half. The Native Immigrants are in the building. Hit the music. Salutations and welcome to another episode of The Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. It's that time of the year where I look across at Jojo B and I see the sweat formulating all over her forehead and the perspiration dripping from her nose on her upper lip. What are you talking about? And what is this awful picture you are painting, painting for our in the minds of our listeners? I'm just trying to put across the fact that summer has properly kicked off now, isn't it? And it has reached 29 degrees in our flat today. It's reached 29 degrees on your face. Inside our flat, it's been 29 degrees. It doesn't compare to the highs of 35 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning last year. Mm-hmm. But still, it's 29 degrees. And there's a particular smell that I used to smell when I was preggers. That was, I mean, that was what used to make me so sick. And I can smell it today. I'm not pregnant. Yeah, I was about to say, is it the smell I'm of ovulation no. going on? I'm not pregnant. But it's just, it's the smell of the summer of 2018. That musky, <laughs> sweat-ridden smell. It still comes back. It's never as intense as it was that summer because that summer, I, I mean, no. But this summer... I can smell it again. It's just you, bruv. It's all you. Um, but, you know, like, summer's come round. We've been, I've been what waiting. Wait there, hold, hold up. It's just me. Like, yeah. I'm the one who causes the I don't smell. smell uh, bruv, I'm telling you now, I don't smell anything. If, if anything, You have no I, sense of smell, though. You've got the worst I, sense of smell got, in the I've, world. All I, can sw- all I can smell is the sweet smell of success. <laughs> and that's just looking at myself in the mirror every day. Um, so, so when I look at you, I can see the summer is is happening. You know, not just the glow on your Piss skin. Off. Not just oh, like, like I'm complimenting kind of sweaty you. Mess. I'm complimenting you. The, the glow, the glow, the aura. You know, of your, you know, of your skin radiating. Don't try and heat. backtrack now. You just um, tried to tell everybody that I've got like massive sweat patches, which I don't. I didn't Thank say you sweat very patches. much. I Even though I spent, the, you know, I've been in the kitchen cooking and stuff. I don't have any sweat patches. I don't have any sweat dripping off my top lip. So, jog on. All right. Well, we're not on. Uh, there's no cameras here. We're not on YouTube. We're not on IG Live. So people can't see what I see. But I can tell you that it is the summer. June has hit. And also, it is your birthday month. Happy birthday coming up next week. So we can have a little little celebratory episode next week to coincide with that. But also this month, another big celebration is taking place. And it's uh, something that we've celebrated now uh, going on three years now. What? It's our third Two years. Yeah, so it's, it's our, our third, third It's our third one. We celebrated it in our first season and uh, did so in the second season. Yeah, Here well, we, we did it in the, the first third. season. We realised how much it meant to us. So we thought, well, we're going to carry on with this. So now we make it an annual thing. Yeah, because I think the very first time we spoke about this was uh, in accordance to talking about um, Asian attitudes towards the LGBTQ plus community, which was, you know, a, a taboo that we wanted to discuss and address because it is a long-standing issue that really hasn't been rectified in any way. And the following year was uh, a, a Pride special, mm. and this is this year's Pride special. Yep. In the month of June. Yep. Um, it's something that I know both of us uh, feel very strongly about solidarity with the lgbtq plus community um here as allies so you know the term allies i'd class us as that but really we're just normal people we just do yeah what the world should do yeah you know like i I feel i feel not sad in a way that that we're looked at as as allies with the community because in the fight in the fight this is the thing why can't we just be like normal people living a normal life and seeing people of that community 
um, as an equality, you know? Because unfortunately, we live in a world of bigots and not nice people. Yeah. And they only seem to be growing at the moment, unfortunately. This is another interesting thing with, um, with this year's Pride coinciding very soon after everything that's happened in the last few weeks with the the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. um there's been a lot of focus i know from from our end in our last few shows talking about solidarity with the black community through their fight through their um feeling of oppression and everything that's happening right now in the world with the protests etc yeah and us being allied to them yeah exactly and i feel this is also in a similar vein in an ongoing fight with the LGBTQ plus community, you know, the mm. fight for equality. Yeah. And this is our time to show solidarity with our brothers and sisters within the community mm -hmm. to show that, you know, you guys aren't alone. There are people across all sides here to to fight that fight with you. Um, you know, we want to come to a point where society is in complete harmony with everyone and whether it's orientation, whether it's color, whether it's religion, you know, none of this stuff should really matter at all. In the same way that I wouldn't want anyone to discriminate against me, why would I then want the same for anyone else fighting their own fight across any walk of life in this world? And also we must represent our community, so the, the British Asian community. You know, there are, a lot, there are a lot of people, and, you know, probably quite rightly so, believe that a large chunk of our community are you know, bigoted and they do not, not that they get a right to say this, but they don't have, they don't agree with the LGBTQ lifestyle and community. And they don't think that Asian people should be part of that community. Mm. But we want to represent the people that don't think that way within our community. We are the opposite of that. We are from the South Asian community, the British Asian community, and we do not believe that. And there are a large number of people who yeah. actually are allies who don't think the, in that bigoted way. And yet those people that are bigots tend to have the louder voices. Mm. So here we are just trying to shout louder yeah, yeah, and say, you know what? No, you're wrong. And we are part of the South Asian community, the British Asian community, and we are allies to the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Um, you know, allies is, is the right word. But like I said, I think I'm, I look at myself as just, you know, a regular guy that just wants regularity. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it, until we come to a point where that's the case, whether it's, you know, <laughs> 10 years time, 20 years time, 30 years time, um, you know, then then we'll keep fighting the fight and looked upon as an ally. Um, we've said it on numerous occasions about, you know, our son and and his path in the future. And, you know, we want to make sure he's living in a world which is, you know, harmonious and there's equality across all different facets of society. Um, and so we will continue to teach that to him and in whichever way he wants to go in life. Yeah, we don't want him to be prejudiced and we don't want him to face any prejudice no matter what path in life he takes yeah um and so we will continue to fight the fight yeah absolutely um it's quite timely with everything that's happening in the world uh with the black lives matter movement like i said and you know it's links to um the lgbtq plus community and pride now, we spoke on our episode 36, which was our last year's episode on Pride, about the history of Pride itself. Mm. But there's actually quite a close link with the black community, with the origins of Pride as well. Yeah. So the Pride movement and the gay liberation movement um, kind of began with the Stonewall riots. Or that's the kind of official beginning. There were obviously lots of other things that happened before that. Yeah. Um, Stonewall was the most uh, recognised I say movement, a kind of event, it was a riot. Yeah. And um, it started because the police raided a drag club. And in that drag club were, you know, all sorts of people, but a large chunk of black and brown gay people were yeah. there. And so they were part of that. They were, you know, they, they were at the very, very beginning of this gay liberation movement mm. to try and make things better. It was them who took the punches yeah. And threw some punches, yeah, you know, yeah, like exactly. they were there and they had to, they were fighting from the very, very beginning. And I think 
if you and I've been doing some reading I am no expert in this whatsoever I've read a few articles and it's kind of really opened my eyes um but there are lots of articles out there at the moment Stonewall the organization um UK Black Pride they're all trying to kind of trying to get people within the LGBTQ plus community but also beyond that as well to educate themselves in the history of pride and to understand what its origins were and just that how the black community really did help pave the way for gay rights in america and here and so it's a it's a very interlinked story Mm. and like I said, there's so many articles out there at the moment that that are worth reading. The one that I read that really was um, quite informative was from Refinery29. Okay. And it's called Pride is a Riot, the Queer Black History of Rioting. Hmm. And it was just, it was really interesting, but th- there's lots of information. Stonewall itself has lots of information yeah. on there as well. So I would really recommend if you're interested in hearing about the the crossover between the Black Lives Matter movement and Pride. Yeah then you really should, you should go and check out their history of pride because it's very eye-opening. And also on Netflix, there's a really, really good documentary that I watched this week called Disclosure. Right. I have seen lots of debate raging on my Twitter timeline about the trans movement and um, the fight for equal rights for trans people and kind of being, their gender being recognised. So for trans women to be able to use you know, women's dressing rooms or bathrooms and stuff like that. And lots of kind of arguing on Twitter and not really understanding the ins and outs of it all. And I watched this this documentary to try and get a better understanding of the trans community because I don't really know it. And I think a lot of people out there don't really yeah, know yeah, much yeah. about that community. And I cannot recommend that documentary enough. It was so eye-opening as to the prejudice and the abuse that the Mm. trans community face especially black trans women yeah um and just kind of getting a better understanding of the kind of fear that they live in and the reasoning for why they want to be able to for instance use a public bathroom that is for a trans woman to be able to use a women's public bathroom rather than having to go into the men's one and identify themselves as a trans person Hmm. um and yeah i just i really think it's very important for us to understand this this community and and to be able to to call ourselves real allies we have to understand that there are different stories and different fears and different struggles struggles, yeah. yeah within this lgbtq plus label yeah yeah and to know what the T stands for mm. and to know what that community is going through. And I, I will, I'm no expert just after watching this one documentary, I've been trying to do some reading. And if you follow me on Twitter, Jojo underscore B, mm-hmm. uh, I put up a thread that I found. I just retweeted a thread that I found with so many resources on there mm. to explain the, not only the debate, but just to understand the trans community itself and the things that they have to go through in America and here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would really, really, really encourage people to just to do a bit more education. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, one of the things that we spoke about in our shows about solidarity with the black community and how much people within our community need to do a little bit more educating uh, themselves and need to like unlearn what they've learned to relearn um things going forward and i think that works the same with trying to find a better accordance with the lgbtq plus community by just educating ourselves a little bit more Mm. um i know like when when talking about the links with the the black community and the the lgbtq plus community that's actually also been reflected in a a new flag for pride as well yes there's a new flag that i've seen uh, on social media this week so that there's a there's always been the rainbow flag yeah this now reflects the black and brown uh, LGBTQ community, yeah, um, as well as reflecting um, the trans community and intersex community better as yeah. well, and it's it's a really pretty flag, <laughs> yeah, but also just yeah. a representative flag. It's one that is m- so much more inclusive. Yeah, there's an argument that well, the rainbow flag was inclusive of everyone anyway, mm. and you know, and you know, black and bright brown people shouldn't feel like they need to. Um, 
feel excluded, I guess. Yeah, you know, and then that. and then try and include themselves by having separate colours. Yeah. But as we've highlighted in our previous shows around Pride, there is so much prejudice and so much racism yeah, 100%. within the gay community, within the LGBTQ community, that actually that has to be done. Yeah, They have to be shown and they have to be represented. And so I really like this flag. Yeah, no, we have to, you know, highlight diversity across all our communities and diversity within the LGBTQ plus community, I think it, it becomes more important than ever with obviously everything that's happening in the world currently. Yeah. Like it's a step in the right direction. We need to change things amongst all facets of our society with the BLM movement. We need to reflect that the same within, you know, within pride. And mm-hmm. I think um, it's a great way to highlight the diversity. And like you mentioned, the racism within that community, which when we first like we're doing our research for our original show about Asian attitudes towards uh, the LGBTQ plus community was finding out about racism, um, you know, especially within a much discriminated community to then discriminate against certain members of their own community uh, was just crazy to me. And that's actually one of the things that we speak about with our guests in the second half of the show. We're delighted to be joined by Amir and Amir, uh, a gay South Asian couple who also have a podcast called You Don't Love Me, which is an awesome show. I encourage everyone to subscribe and listen to it because uh, they speak about a lot of issues and topics within our community, but also highlighting uh, a lot of big issues within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and yeah, brilliant show, brilliant podcast. And I'm really delighted for them to join us uh, on the second half of this show. And they're like the gay equivalent of us. Yeah. Lots of bants. Lots of bants. So yeah, I encourage you to listen in. But with it being Pride this month, obviously coronavirus has had a massive impact on all global events. Mm-hmm. Pride is included within that. Yeah. Um, so all the um, events and schedule that they had running has all been cancelled. Um, but there are some really great online events that are also going to be coinciding at the end of this month. Yes. So in- Amnesty International have teamed up with UK Black Pride, Para Pride, Gendered Intelligence and Stonewall to bring some online celebrations this mm. year. It's going to run between Sunday the 28th of June and Friday the 10th of July. And you can find out more about it at prideinside.uk and you can sign up for it. It's a free event. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just going to have loads of different kind of comedy gigs and panel discussions and music and all sorts of things are going to be going on. Uh, They have a whole timetable that you can go and check out and you can get your free tickets and sit at home and enjoy Pride. Yeah, yeah. It's like akin to a lot of events uh, uh, that have been happening the last two, three months, uh, you know, from the comfort of your own home. And Pride is no different. So I'm just glad that there are some um, online events happening to celebrate this uh, Mm -hmm. because, yeah, June without Pride just feels like an emptier month, I feel. Um, you know, we've seen all the images of Pride in London the last few years, um, and we were really hoping to be there this year to to join in the celebrations. And that's not necessarily going to be the case, obviously. Um, but let's hope, fingers crossed, 2021, we can get back to some kind of normality, uh, which means that, you know, having Pride and Black Pride as well, which is a really, really important event, yeah. we can maybe pop down and be there and join hands with our brothers and sisters fighting the fight. But that is enough from the first half of this show. When we're back on the other side of this break, like we said, we're going to be joined by Amir and Amir, the You Don't Love Me boys. Hear their story about podcasts, discrimination and equality. See you on the other side, people. Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And on this half of the show, we are joined by ourselves in a parallel universe. (laughs) (laughs) Because 
Um, you know, so it's a bit like that Red Dwarf episode. Do you remember it, Jojo? Where like they go into another like dimension, and there's like the equivalents of them in another yep. space and time, which are pretty much I exactly like those, one. but almost in a mirror reflection. <laughs> That's what I think about when I think about our next uh, two guests. Uh, they are also a married couple. They're also South Asian. They also address issues, taboos within our community. Um, but they just happen to be a gay couple, which is awesome. And their podcast, You Don't Love Me, well, it's the You Don't Love Me podcast, but now they're the You Don't Love Me boys. So just to, <laughs> just to confuse things even more. Um, but the amazing Amir and Amir are joining us on this half of the episode. How's it going, lads? Hi. Hello, Jojo. Hello, Swami. Well, yeah, the going is good, as you can um, as you can see. And you know, thank you very much for recognizing the "You Don't Love Me" boys conglomerate. You know, chain of companies, <laughs> head office, everything. <laughs> I own fifty-one percent of the company. Yeah, big absolutely. up. You so so, so is one of you owns fifty-one, the other one owns forty-nine. He owns nothing. It's wow. Lady Bushra that owns 49. <laughs> wow. Lady Bushra is like, yeah, honestly, so, on, the, on the side making all the paper while you guys run around and do all the work. It's just typical of the ladies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, we are the You Don't Love Me Boys, hosts of the You Don't Love Me podcast, the You Don't Love Me radio show, and who knows what else more. Whatever we can get our fingers in. Literally. You, yeah, you've got a dollar. We're here. Give us a holler. Yeah. <laughs> Big up yourselves. Uh, that, that's um, hustling on another level when it comes to South Asians. So big up yourselves. Well, you know, we've, we've, we've got to hustle. We've got to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. So for those people that don't know who you guys are, why don't you tell um, our listeners a little bit more about yourselves and your journey up to this point? Well, we are, we are a South Asian gay married couple. We've been together for too long, um, <laughs> for five and a half years now, and we've Amazing. been married for just over a year now. It's been 84 long years. It, it, it feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, in gay years, a year is about 80 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. New found information here for our listeners, just in case they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Listen, some of your li- listeners may know this information already on the down low, if you get true. what I mean. <laughs> no, true, true. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're a gay South Asian couple and, uh, you know, all the platforms that we have, particularly with the podcast, it's all about life through the perspective of a gay South Asian couple. And, you know, Swami, I really liked what you said at the beginning in terms of the parallels. That is something that, you know, through humor, we strive to sort of bring that message across of, you know, equality to say that, yes, we are uh, the same as yourselves. We strive for equality. And, you know, how about you um, listen to the podcast and see life through our perspective? And I'm pleased to say that it connects with many, many people. I'll just don't because we chat a lot of crap. That, <laughs> it's crazy because you say that because we're, we're the same. We went into the process wanting to talk about real serious issues um, and serious topics and serious debates within the British Asian community. But what we realized very much so from the offset was our ridiculous banter and our bickering is what brings almost half the audience to come in and listen to our show in the first place you know so we we want to talk about the serious stuff but we can't help who we are and i kind of feel that that's the same with you guys with your show it's like people tune in to listen to the personalities and the the two of you as as a couple as well as hearing all the diverse range of topics that you guys speak about that is so true because we're, we're out here like we've been abandoned by our families i have 10 dads that i don't speak to and well, we get messages from people like we love it when you argue and you're messy and you're just a mess and you scream at each other it's amazing yeah yeah no <laughs> absolutely and i love the banter that you two have i really like it when jojo chimes in and and you don't completely disagrees <laughs> and the silence is everything Jeez. Jeez. i'm like yes this is what I need <laughs> like, right now. Get her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. We we stand a queen. Oh, thanks. Um, I think people really like just kind of having that little window into someone else's life. I think that's partly it. It's just that kind of like I I can see into someone else's house and I can see what's going on and I can make myself feel better because we're not the only ones who say those things we're not the only ones who argue we're not the only ones who bicker and disagree on things and I think that's what's really nice about your podcast and our podcast as well is that people get a window into our lives because this is genuinely how we are and you know and you can tell that 
you guys are really authentic on your podcast as well this is just how you guys are no airs and graces just kind of like just telling the truth yeah yeah. I think it resonates with people yeah yeah no absolutely thank you for that and you're absolutely right I mean you know what South Asians we like to know what's going on in everyone's oh, I'm nosy. I don't care what <laughs> anyone says we love it we want to know what Miss Patel down the road's been doing and who's earning what and do you know what we've done <laughs> who she's been doing we, we've opened those windows not only that we don't even have windows anymore do you know what I mean we've taken them out and we're like look look what's inside have a look have a rummage around and be entertained and uh yeah, it's quite liberating at the same time because you just don't care what yeah. people think necessarily. You you are just your true authentic self and that inspires people to be uh, their true authentic self uh, in turn. And that's particularly important within the South Asian community and within the um, uh, you know queer um, uh, South Asian community as well. I, I totally agree. And I think with your podcast and even our podcast as well, I think people are like listening because... So there's not many South Asians out there, especially couples that are truly open about their lives and their relationships. So it's really relatable to a lot of people. Yeah, but do you know what? Sometimes I really wish I was a bigoted Shut South up. Asian auntie. I'd be like, oh, they're doing podcasts and the kids are asleep. Oh my God, who's going to feed them? Uh, we're probably getting all that without even realizing it but i think that adds to the that adds to the element of fun when doing this thing in the first place um, ha, a man and a man ha, toba, toba. <laughs> i am my own biggest troll oh we get that fine <laughs> yeah you, you love it when we get that yeah yeah yes yes i do i do love a good hater so what were your like initial reasons uh, for creating the podcast in the first place well, you know, somebody put it really well um, to us. They said that where we are literally gay unicorns, and I didn't quite understand what they meant by that, but it was be- because we're such a niche, we didn't realize it, but when we were getting married and we went to the registry office in Bradford, uh, you know, the registrar said to us that in 21 years of her doing this, she's never ever met a couple, uh, you know, with our sort of credentials as far as being South Asian and, and, and you know, ex-Muslims is concerned. She'd never ever met a couple like this. Uh, and I thought, okay, great, cute, whatever. And for me, the turning point was actually Starbucks. It's really random, but this guy sent us about $25 on a Starbucks card as, as, uh, as a gift, as a wedding gift saying, look, I can't you know, give much, but I just want to send this because you know, this is so unique and it's amazing what you've done and, and so on and so forth. And I thought, oh my God, like... There's money involved in this. No, I'm joking. But, there you know, isn't. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But stop I, stop but, lying. But I thought... There I thought is. You myself, teach us how you get it, mate. Honestly, teach yeah. us you know other ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut him up for a second. No, but this, no, no, is, shut up. this shut, is what no, no, inspired jump, me. Jump, jump, jump. Okay. What inspired you was a guy <laughs> who was actually one of my American online friends that I've been speaking to for about eight years who sent us that money for Starbucks. Okay, fine, whatever. But I, Not I, a guy. Listen, I don't know the ins and outs. Listen, <laughs> I just create the rumors. I don't have time to substantiate that, right? <laughs> but basically, this is what happened. And I was like, oh, okay, so... Um, maybe there's not that many of us around and maybe we should just be ourselves and hopefully that might help others. And that's something that I've strived to, uh, towards even when I was, you know, single and young, much younger and people would say, oh, so do you go to gay clubs and do you do this? And uh, do you have drag queens as friends? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And guess what? I don't care. So I suppose it's kind of just cascaded from from that. And, you know, with Amir, I'm sure, you know, he, he's been his true authentic self all the while from his rock star days and emo music and everything, you know, he's constantly strived to be his true self. Yeah, I, I can speak for myself. Thank you very much, darling. Um, um, just answering the question about why we started the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Back to me. Um, it's literally because we like to talk. We mm. really love to talk and we, we, we love walking and we always go for long walks and we have really deep discussions and really stupid discussions. So we're like, how about we just start a podcast and, you know, our friends can listen, you know, I get 10 people listening. It'd be really, really cute. So we actually started it on the iPad. Remember like Ooh. the mic on the iPad girl, <laughs> that was the time to uh, be alive. I <laughs> it was actually a good time to be alive because we were allowed outside. That's true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess it snowballed from there because like Amr said, we didn't realize how much of a, a niche we were. You know, a, a, a gay South Asian married ex-Muslim couple who were just authentically living their queer self and being out there. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So there's not another couple out there that, you know, tick them boxes. It's a bit strange. But you know what? We're here to represent and we're here to create more of them couples, whether they like it or not. Amazing. Um, so but you've got a really great reaction from the LGBTQ plus community with your podcast. Um, but what's the reaction been like from the wider South Asian community uh, from, from your shows? Have you, has there been any reactions that surprised you, whether it's positive or in a negative way? I think we've had um, surprising reactions, both positive and negative, but I wasn't, I'm not quite sure if negative is surprising. So when our podcast started to grow more and more, I did sit armor down and I was like, you're going to wait for some negativity to come because it's going to happen. But um, I think we were well prepared for that just from our you know, family situations and not being part of the community as such. So we were like, yeah, it'll be fine. So we did have um, a really negative reaction to a interview that we did when we were in New York for right. Dispatch World Online Magazine. We were the first um, gay LGBTQ plus people actually mm. um, that did an interview with them. And it came out on Valentine's Day. And it got over 100,000 views on Facebook. And a lot of the views came from Pakistan with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really nasty comments from people in Pakistan. And when you were clicking on these people's profiles, they were teachers, they were lawyers, they were in good universities, they were doctors. And I'm not going to go into the comments because they were vile, but they didn't affect us at all. Well, uh, well, you lost one night's sleep, I think. The sensitive, dainty flower that I am, I did a little bit. Mm. But yeah, it was an online magazine. This Dash World is an online magazine. And yeah, we went viral with them. Usually, you know, they, they tend to interview Bollywood stars and they may get like one, two thousand, three thousand views, top sort of 30, 35K. The video that we did got 100K. And like Hamish said, a lot of the comments were overwhelmingly negative. Some were surprisingly positive and, you know, predominantly the comments were coming from Pakistan, people that were based in Pakistan, Hmm. uh, which is an Islamic Republic. So, you know, a lot of people were implying threats, you know, somebody should do this to them. They should have, you know, be hanged or whatever, X, Y, and Z. And there was one day when I I did lose sleep over it and I was sort of concerned for our uh, overall wealth welfare. And so what I started doing was I started uh, to report the comments and they started disappearing. And I was like, yes, I win. Then they went from seven to a hundred to a thousand. And I thought, right, okay, I really have to compartmentalize this and just pay no mind. And, you know, Mm. I think that's really prepared us for the, for the road ahead and for any sort of subsequent interactions that we've had. And also what I quickly learned from there was, you know, that went on for a week and then it's, they'll move on to someone else the next week and they move yeah. on to someone else. And, you know, we're essentially just a you know, fish and chip newspaper, aren't we? Yeah. You know, and it, it does quickly move on. However, coming out of that and coming out of the podcast in general, we've had loads of um, like private messages from young people in, you know, Pakistan, in India, in certain places, um, just reaching out to us and thanking us for being voices and, you know, trying to get advice for, about what they can do. And we, we try our best with it. You know, I'm not saying we're great at advice, but we try our best. And that's been such a positive reaction, you know, people seeing us and seeing themselves in us. And I've absolutely loved that. And even within the local community, we've had some drama being in the papers, haven't we? Where they've had to disable the oh, comments yeah. on the newspapers. Actually, it was really funny. Um, we were in the um, local, was it Telegraph and Argos? And um, it, was, it was, you know, about our wedding, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And the comments we were like, oh my God, loads of people are going to comment. Loads of South Asians are going to comment. But actually, it was a Christian. It was a Christian community that started fighting oh, really? in the comment section with themselves, and they had to disable the comments. But I was living for it. I was like, oh, oh my God, I, wow! I, I just love how hyper intellectual <laughs> this uh, conversation was. So it was people who are of the Catholic faith, and they were kind of alluding to the fact that they didn't need to hear about gay people and that, you know, it's all fine so long as it's not in a newspaper. And I think Telegraph and Argus um, did the wise thing and just took none of, uh, you know, didn't stand for any of the nonsense and just turned off the comments. But I think it was, yeah, I think it was some Muslims and, and some Catholics um, saying their things. But, you know, that's just, that's just their subjective view. It doesn't mean that you're Catholic and therefore homophobic. And, you know, we know many gay Muslim people as well. So, uh, but, you know, I do love a, I, I do love a good um, debate. So it's fine. It's <laughs> whatever. Good, <laughs> any publicity is good publicity. We're just coming across as really old drama queens here. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. In, like, in order to, like, progression is, is, is the only way that we can alleviate a lot of these um, issues within our community 
And, you know, it, it, you're going to obviously get a lot of backlash in order to get 10 steps forward, you know, and you guys have both spoken previously about like strained relationships that you have with certain members of your family. Do you feel there's generally that there's a progression with acceptance within our community, within the British Asian community, or it, do you still feel it's just as discriminatory as before? Can I just say, I'm really enjoying this interview. Yeah, I feel too. like, I feel too, like I'm having such an Oprah moment with you this guys. Is like some, like, yeah, it's like a, nobody <laughs> cares for me and they're listening to me. <laughs> I think, I think um, it was important. Yeah. Well, going back to this, it was important for us from our show to, to show, like, especially our audiences, um, you know, tolerance is so important. Solidarity is so, so important. And, you know, we want to get that message across as much and as wide as possible. And this is what you guys do on your show. And if there's any way that from our end, we can help to you know spread that same message across to you know within our yeah. community there's going to be a, a, a majority of people that are going to be open-minded about these things but we're still dealing with a lot of the the cultural setbacks that our elders obviously brought across to our generation and so you know we're about breaking those walls and, and, and breaking down those barriers uh, here as allies and I think that you know it's important for us um, to to open up that dialogue and open up that discussion, um, and yeah. you guys are obviously right at the forefront of of trying to make that change and right trying to really push that message across to a much wider community. So yeah, major salutes to you boys. Well, thank you, oh, thank, thank you so you. much, thank you so much. Five and, and five know, in the post, yeah. It, it, um, <laughs> it, 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 wow, not even a, a fiver! Unbelievable, you guys. Properly Asian, in this economy. Deep down, properly Asian after all. Unbelievable. <laughs> Listen, if Boris Johnson's uh, in power any longer, a five is going to be worth about five feet. Yeah, so, you know, we've got that to look forward to. So, um, in term, the question was... Acceptance within the British yeah, you, you South Asian community. Within our South Asian community, do you still feel that there is a progression with acceptance? Or is, are we still basically the same barriers, the same blockades, the same you know, intolerances before? Yeah, I mean, that's quite a, quite a comprehensive question. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, definitely uh, it's worth acknowledging, you know, uh, your kind words. Thank you so much for, for being an ally. That's very, very important. I think tolerance is definitely important. Uh, however, I think me and Ame, we, we strive more towards equality. We are mm-hmm. searching and looking for equality. And I think that's yeah. the, the key message that we tend to put out there to say, you know, just like at the start, Swami, when you, when you mentioned uh, parallels, I think that's very important uh, to get that message across to say, Look, this is the, this is uh, this is the T as we as we like to to call it. This is how it is. We're we're, we're equal and, and we strive towards equality. And if somebody doesn't come on board with that, you know that, that that's their prerogative. Now, in terms of acceptance and and and, and the change of tide, I think there are some. Uh, waves that have been made and there are some success stories where South Asians have accepted uh, their queer children, uh, you know, British South Asians, and that's great. However, unfortunately, I think by and large, it either hasn't changed or it's gone backwards. You know, conservatism is on the rise and with that brings its own uh, plethora of problems. So initially, you know, when I came out, I thought, right, okay, I'm done and dusted and and it will surely, things will surely get better. And generally speaking, you know, the way society is moving, we, I'm sure we can all agree that, you know, that's not necessarily the case. We didn't imagine 2020 to be like this. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's very similar within the queer South Asian space. However, having said that, something that's absolutely amazing that's happened is social media and the, uh, and the way that social media has um, erupted. I think that's great because we've managed to create strong uh, South Asian communities and, and a strong presence where we become each other's support network uh, and that's really really great to see you know great to see so you know of course ourselves but there's many other influential gay south asians out there uh, that support you, uh, one another and there's some great charities uh, that uh, focus uh, on that i think with gay people regardless of of ethnicity uh, you know, we get to choose our family and, and that inevitably does become the case for, for many of us. So, uh, yeah, you know, even as far as acceptance is concerned, uh, you know, I tend to find that that 
has layers of sort of conditional love attached to it. So a yeah. South Asian family may accept their child for being gay. However, it's conditional in the sense that they can't be open or true to themselves. And for me, I, you know, I don't register that as equality. And, I, and you know, I believe in unconditional love, not conditional. So it's, it's a bit of a, a, a tough uh, um, spot and it's a bit of a rough area that, that needs work um, from the parent side more than, you know, the queer um, offspring, as it were. I completely agree with you. And I really want to touch upon um, a few points that you made. Now, I think within the South Asian community, the acceptance towards, you know, LGBTQ plus people, <laughs> I hate to say it, the word stagnant. Mm. Oh, um, mm. Especially with some of the older generation, it's just stagnant or it's not progressing at all. And what I am seeing, you know, from doing the podcast and our platform and also from, from being a teacher in a school is that the younger generation, the younger South Asian LGBTQ plus generation are progressing. You know, they are progressing and they need to see people like us being visible so they know they have a safe space to go and they know they've got a, a queer family out there waiting for them. And that will, you know, help ensure that, you know, they make the right steps. However, some of the older generation, their parents and their grandparents are just not progressing. They're not, they're yeah. very much stuck in their ways or it is the sort of case like, this is going to take time for us to understand and it's going to take ages and they have to go through years of battling. Now, with Amr and myself, I think we are very different to a lot of our um, counterparts in a way we've always been like, if you don't accept us, that's it. I'm, we're not going to sit around and wait to be accepted for years and years and years and have that toying and playing with our hearts because that's not fair. You shouldn't have to have time to accept us because we should all be equal regardless of our sexuality and our gender. And whatever I am, that's not my choice, but you, it, you should be in, you know, a hundred percent acceptance. And I remember once um, you two were talking in your podcast about, you know, your child turned out to be gay and you were like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you accept them straight away. And that's incredible. And that means so much hearing that from South Asians as well. And I think I completely agree with you. The kids should be accepted straight away. And that's why I think we've got, so much more to do in terms of um, acceptance. And I know like so many different foundations that do so much, you know, Nazamat Foundation do tons and they yes. have an Out on Proud Parents yeah. Day as well, which is, you know, coming up again where parents, especially South Asian parents, come out and say, we accept our child. And maybe that might inspire more, you know, of the older generation to, towards acceptance. I'm, I always try to remain optimistic and I'm hoping that, you know, pushing through with the new generations and the new parents that are coming through, that things change. But the most important thing for me to make that change happen is not just, you know, education. Education is out there. Everyone can educate themselves. It's not our job to continue to educate. And the most important thing is visibility. Visibility. If yes. I, when, I was, when I was young, I never saw anyone like me in the media or on TV. Mm -hmm. If I saw that, I probably would have come out earlier or probably would have accepted myself earlier and not gone through the, the trauma in my head of being gay and South Asian at the time. So we have a little boy. And as, as you said, we've, we've mentioned before that, you know, if he um, comes out to us as queer when he's um, older, that we, you know, absolutely will be supportive and be accepting of that. And But what advice would you give to parents in terms of, yes, we can show our love and yes, we can say we'll be there for you. But is there anything practical that parents could do if their child comes out to them, whether that's, you know, a young child, a teenager, or even, you know, older than that, 20s, 30s. Is there anything that anyone could, like, what, what should they do? What's the most helpful thing that they could do other than say, I love you and I accept you? Is there anything practical that they can do to help their child through that process? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, thank you for that, Jodi. That's a really, really um, important question. I think, you know, there are practical steps that you can take, um, but the, the foundations really must be there. And I, I believe that the uh, foundations are very much geared towards love and acceptance. You know, you love somebody unconditionally and you accept them. I think conditional love becomes toxic. So that's, uh, you know, a bit of a concept that one must wrap their head around. Uh, yeah. As far as 
um, practical steps are concerned, I think, you, you know, you can't underestimate what you say to a child, how you behave around them. Uh, there's many foundations out there. So say, for example, uh, there's the Nazim Mount Foundation that strives towards uh, building relationships between uh, children uh, who are born into religious families. You know, th there's education out there, uh, a big practical step one could take is to educate themselves, sit down and listen to the child and understand their needs. I think, you know, many queer children, many uh, children who are uh, born LGBT uh, plus, uh, you know, they have specific needs and they have uh, a specific viewpoint which which must be um, understood uh, and appreciated and, uh, and accepted. And, and I think, you know, that sort of tolerance uh, aside, you know, that sort of understanding and acceptance can, can really go a long way. That's, that's great. And I think for me, my advice to, you know, to parents that have um, a, a queer child and they come out, you know, to, to help them, my simple advice is to celebrate them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, if you don't mind me swearing, fucking celebrate them. Please, like, please swear. Fucking celebrate the shit out of your child. Celebrate everything that's queer about them. Celebrate everything that's magical about them. Celebrate them exploring every color in that box and, you know, help them understand their identity. You know, help them with their LGBTQ plus history. You know, help mm, them with that. Yeah. I, I look at my my mum and the way she is with my younger sister and they explore so much uh, to do with feminism and female history and strong, powerful um, people of color who are women. And that should be the same for a queer child. Yeah. You know, explore their queer history, explore the legends, icons, understand it with them. And that, un 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 that, that, that love, that will just bring them to life and completely support them. Because, you know, let's be honest, things will be hard. There are bigots out there. But yeah. if you are the one standing in their corner, I truly believe they'll be fine and nothing can harm them because they know they've got your love and support times a trillion. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know... It, like Amir said, it may not necessarily be easy. You know, when uh, Amir, you touched upon LGBT history, so so much of it is erased. There's mm. so much of it that is hidden or is shunned. You know, how mm. many famous poets uh, do you know that were gay in the 1600s? You know, I know of medieval uh, Arabian poets who lived in Saudi Arabia who wrote of, uh, you know, that wrote... Um, homosexual themed poetry. Wow. We don't we don't learn about that. It's almost like as if this is a Western concept. Being Absolutely. gay is a Western concept that's mm. been dumped upon migrant uh, migrant families and migrant uh, you know people of migrant backgrounds, and that's simply not true. It is simply not true. You know, there's there's references to homosexuality that are five thousand years old in in India, but you know that history, uh, those facts, and, and and that information has been erased. It is out there. Uh, and, you know, if you're able to um, give your child visibility of that, you're, you're in, in essence, um, making them seen and heard. And that's very important. No, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you guys have both just said. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned bigotry in, um, in answering the question. And in our first show, uh, our first Pride special was two years ago on, in our first season. And we, we did a lot of research into Asian attitudes towards the LGBTQ plus community. And one of the things that we found like, astonishing was racism within the circles. Um, this is something that we found like crazy because for an already discriminated people to then discriminate within each other, um, just, we just found like ludicrous. Now, is this something that either of you have ever encountered within the LGBTQ plus community itself? Uh, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. From our single days up until now, I can say we've encountered racism. You know, obviously I can speak for both Armour and I, when we were um, single and you're there, you know, try to go on the dating apps and people are messaging you saying, no, we don't do brown people. We don't like Asians. You know, oh, that makes oh you feel God. shit. Or, on the other hand, it, people will come up to you in the bar like, oh, you're really good looking for an Asian. I'm like, Please. oh, work. Okay, cool. And in more recent years, I've I had, there's a, um, a drag bar in Leeds that um, we don't visit anymore because 
they're, they're just racist. Even the doormen are racist and the people that have worked there um, are racist. You know, they try to make us pay going in, but not make anyone else pay. They've really? searched us, but not anyone else. I went to the lose and then from that, I got kicked out because they told me I was snorting cocaine. And I said to them, okay, search me, which is the normal thing to do if you think someone do, is doing drugs. They refused to search me. I mean, I want the camera footage. They refused that and just took me straight out. I'm like, what is going on? And I guess it didn't occur to me until later what was happening, which is which is quite bad. But it it didn't it didn't occur to me until later it was happening. But there's there's a lot of racism in that community. Also, yeah, absolutely. And to add to that, there is a sort of morbid hierarchy as Mm. far as skin tone is concerned as Mm. well within the um, uh, queer South Asian uh, space. So by that, what I mean is, if you're of a darker skin tone, then you're treated differently. And that is particularly towards black people. I can't Mm. tell you the number of people uh, who I've known uh, that are gay South Asians that turn their noses up at gay black people. And, you know, for for reasons that I don't even wish to, you know, discuss because I think it's disgusting. And, you know, they're no longer part of my uh, life as as a result of the things that they've said. But, you know, because of the the British Empire, the colonial period, colorism is is so heavily ingrained. You know, you guys know all about fair and lovely and the the lighter you are, the prettier you are. You know, black people... Um, are discriminated against even amongst South Asians. And, you know, that's a real issue. I mean, I know that the Black Lives Matter movement is really gaining momentum at this uh, at this mm-hmm. moment in time. And, you know, there's a lot of talk on uh, discrimination against black people by uh, white people. But, you know, that that's, it problem does persist within the queer South Asian space as well and the South Asian space in general. I mean, you know, yeah. Bollywood is a great... Um, uh, point in which you could uh, reference what goes on in society in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, when you look at a dance performance, you see somebody like Madhuri Dixit or, you know, the big stars like Katrina Kaif performing, they are light-skinned themselves. However, their background dancers are, majority of the time, the Ukrainian women who are mm-hmm. white. You'll never or very rarely see um, a black person being a back- background dancer. and, yeah, and that's true. You know, it's inaccurate. You know, it's an inaccurate representation of of what Bollywood is in actual fact. And you know, many times uh, black people. You know, there's even if you go back. At, for, I know I'm digressing here, but you know, there's many Bollywood films in which uh, mainstream actors have done blackface and so on and so forth. Yes. So there's a lot of work work to be done. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's strive to be part of the change and, and and not not go there is what I say. And saying that, there's gay South Asians tend to love Bollywood. Mm. So that's what they're seeing. Mm. And then look at how they're behaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It, it needs to be unlearned for sure. Completely. Um, we mentioned earlier on that there are a lot of kind of um, organizations and foundations that um, support people who are coming out or, you know, and families through that kind of process. But do you have any recommendations for like books that we could read, even some like t- TV shows, podcasts that celebrate the LGBTQ plus community? Um, so whether that's through kind of, you know, just entertainment or through education as well, is there anything that you'd recommend that, that we could keep our eyes out for? Oh, yes. So I'm going to mention one TV show in particular. I think personally it's one of the best TV shows to ever exist. And it's called Pose. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, indeed. Yep. Of course. Yep. Two seasons. It's phenomenal, isn't it, Amara? Just absolutely oh, I phenomenal. It. I think it's a show that's hired and got the most... Is it trans people working on the show and working behind the show and writing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it, it's about the, the ballroom scene in New York in the 80s, but it takes you through you know, the um, AIDS crisis and epidemic. And oh, the education on that show is phenomenal, as well as the entertainment and the acting and just everything is tens across the board, literally. And I would, I would recommend anyone watching it, you know, LGBTQ plus community, but allies as well. I've had a lot of co- colleagues who are allies that have watched it and that have fallen in love with that show. Mm. Yeah, and another show that I would uh, highly recommend, I mean, you know, Netflix, I tend to find are very inclusive in terms of LGBT representation. A really yeah. important show in uh, today's pop culture is RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm sure you guys ah, have yes, essentially yeah. heard of it. One of favorite shows. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, I think it's amazing. It's you know the the anecdotal <laughs> stories that 
some of the drag queens uh, tell in terms of what they faced and you know their ten- the tenacity of of uh, their spirit i think that comes across really really well and it it's a great reference point for young queer people in terms of what they may feel like they they're going through they may feel isolated and and that show is great representation in in terms of t- saying look guys you're not alone in this here's uh, a lot of us who have gone through very similar things and uh, this is how things can get better for you so that's a really really great show aside from that you know there's a there's loads of resources out there i'm sure if, even if you know just youtube being lgbt i'm sure many many things will pop up you know uh, there's resources available even for young children on the nazim matt foundation website uh stonewall uh, glad which is an american organization albert kennedy trust the albert kennedy trust in in uh, the uk that's a very very important charity they have many many resources uh including people that you can speak to uh, that would be able to support you and of course, there's the You Don't Love Me Boys podcast, of course. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know what you're on about. I didn't even I know, know I was nominated. What is that? <laughs> you're in the category, boys. You made it. Category is. Yes, absolutely. Why don't you tell all our listeners where people can find the both of you and where they can listen to the show? Well, you can pay Paolo's act. (laughs) (laughs) You can um, follow us on Instagram at You Don't Love Me Boys. You can follow us on Twitter at YDLM Boys. You can listen to our podcast on Apple and Spotify and anything else we're on. All the links are out there in our bios. It's just easy to find things online now, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But yeah, Google You You Don't Love Me Boys and we're probably one of the first. Things, I'm hoping. Well, we are hope so. I, uh, <laughs> I haven't checked. I'm just claiming that. But yeah, Instagram, you don't love me, boys. And uh, slide into our DMs. And give us money. I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> Bitch, how poor are you? <laughs> I'm not. But you know what? You might as well shoot your shot. I always say shoot your shot. You never know what happens. I love that. You did. 100%. And you got a 25 pound Starbucks voucher. I didn't have to shoot. That was a friend of mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want friends that are going to give me 25 pound Starbucks vouchers. We don't get fuck all from our friends. That's... We, we, we're clearly well, hanging around true. with the wrong people. We're clearly hanging around with the wrong crowds. It's just yes. unbelievable. <laughs> yes. But we need to, I think once eventually this all subsides and we get to even 1% of what normality was like before all this went down, it, we'd love to, to chop it up with you boys eventually, sit down and have a proper discussion um, and just, yeah, bicker amongst ourselves about being married couples in in 2020 still dealing with life exactly how it is still you know being told to go back home um and so it's you know it's it's it'd be great to finally get a chance to sit down and and speak to you boys in person because that's what we're about we're about trying to connect um us all together connect our communities together and um lead ourselves into a more harmonious uh, line of progression Totally agree. And I just want to say thank you for being such um, amazing allies and, you know, amplifying the voices of um, our community. It's really important, especially for our South Asian community, that we all connect. We face enough shit as it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, absolutely. And yeah, definitely would love to double date. No children's allowed. (laughs) Um, That would be that. We were going to hope you guys would babysit. We need a break. Yeah. No, no, no. Babysit for us, maybe. You know what? Uh, it might determine whether you actually want to eventually have a baby of yourselves or not. No, know? we don't. Listen, I'm not allowed to be around children and that's court-ordered. <laughs> no. Okay. no I, we, Stay I, away from I my child, you. sir. Stay away from my child. <laughs> we, we, I'm joking, we love kids, but we love handing them back. But <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah, what? Absolutely. That's what I like. Yeah, true. With our own child. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, guys, I mean, you know, jokes aside, definitely thank you very, very much for being allies and thank you for having us on your platform. That genuinely means uh, a lot to us. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to connecting in person and, and, and discussing things. And like Amish said, we, uh, and like you said, Swami, we, we face enough as it is exactly. uh, being South Asians. And, you know, on a slightly somber note, with what's going on with the current pandemic, we are gearing towards a mental health crisis. So it's very important for us to keep our communication channels open. Mm. And if anyone needs any support, or if you guys ever wanted to just have a chin wag, feel free to slide into our DMs and be like, hey bitches, what's up? And we will answer for sure. I love how he says that, knowing he's not the one that replies to the DMs. Okay, listen. (laughs) 
I will occasionally check it, okay? And I will be CC'd in. But, uh, but I, I, also, I also play an alter ego. Oh, here we go. I play, here's here a, we go. I play an alter ego called Lady Bushra. I mean, she, I mean she, she's you? I thought she was another person. Well, well uh, they're never in the room at the same time. Yeah. yeah, honestly, we need to bring in a private detective to, to form And you know what? She's booked and blessed. La- Lady Bushra <laughs> is, the, um, is an international philanthropist, icon, wow. uh, mogul. So why, did, why, why didn't we get her? Why did we get... Are you guys like her, like, like hangers-on? Could, could we have got her on the show instead to, to talk? Or is she... Uh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you really want the Brad- Bradford BD5 bad girl smoking shisha girl? I'm sure we can, uh, you know, pull some strings and uh, get her on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we speak to the right agents and publicists, whoever needs to be, um, wherever we can to get this like supreme star on She's our very show. very expensive. A four really? will be involved. Jeez. All right. We might just, let's see if we can. You have three interfollowers over I'm there. Joking, but yeah, yeah. If you ever met, anyway, what was I saying? Lady Bushra, if you message Lady Bushra, I will see those messages. <laughs> <laughs> Peace to the world and all that. I, jazz. I hate you. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much to Amir and Amir for joining us for this Pride special. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, boys. Thank, Thank you. you so much, guys. Thank you, Jyoti. Thank you, Swami. Bye. Well, that Bye. is it from this week's episode of the Native Immigrants. We'll be back next week for more of the same. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jyoti. And we'll see you all next week then, people. Peace. See ya.